0: Yes, sir. You know what time it is. Welcome to Counter Right here on Fanatic Sportsbook. My name is Kazeem Famuyide. Thank you so much for joining me today. We got the last day of in-season tournament group play action going down tonight. The prop queen, Ariel Epstein, will be giving you her picks for tonight's NBA action. But before we do all that, we got to start off in Philadelphia where the Los Angeles Lakers got their doors blown off. By the Philadelphia 76ers, they lost one of the biggest games in LeBron James' career as far as deficit-wise. A 44-point loss at the hands of the Sixers, 138-94. to Unbelievable performance from the 76ers from downtown. They shot 22 of 46 from the three-point line, and as the Lakers... Couldn't hit anything, couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. They went 7 for 28 from deep. LeBron James led the team in 18 points, but for only the fourth time in his career, failed to register a single rebound in the game, and that has almost never happened, right? Let's talk about it. You know, uh, LeBron, it was only the fourth time in his career that he had a game with zero rebounds, and now the Lakers are 10-8 and on the season, even though they're 4-0 an in-season tournament group play and one of the first teams that clinched themselves into the knockout round and this Philadelphia 76ers have advanced 12 and 5 on their record they were led by Joel Embiid who had his sixth career triple double last night he was absolutely playing with the Los Angeles Lakers. In 31 minutes of action, he had 30 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists. He went 9-for-15 from the field and 2-for-3 from downtown. His running mate, Tyrese Maxey, was right behind him. Another 30-point outing for the breakout guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. He had 31 points, 8 assists, and 3 rebounds, where he shot 5-for-12 from downtown and was helped out by Nicholas Batum and Marcus Morris Sr. Part of that James Harden trade. 16 points for Marcus Morris Sr. Nicholas Batum with 10.7 rebounds and four assists. Pat Bev chipped in with some buckets toward the fourth quarter. He finished with 12 points. As far as the Lakers are concerned, they were absolutely abysmal from the field. Yes, they were led by LeBron James who played 18, uh, who had 18 points and then only 30 minutes of action. Anthony Davis, 17 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 assists. Torian Prince, 11 points, but only 3 for 6 from 3, 4 for 8 from the field. He shot the ball pretty well, but they didn't necessarily – they could not hit anything from downtown, and they were absolutely blown out and, and, and just ran out the gym by one of the top teams – in the Eastern Conference. The Lakers are now 1-1 and on their four-game road trip. And LeBron James was visibly frustrated after the game. When he was asked what needs to change as far as the Lakers are concerned going in to the rest of the regular season, He simply just said two words a lot. He said, we got killed on the three-point line today. And uh, he basically kept it extremely simple when it came to things that needed to change as far as the Los Angeles Lakers are concerned. And you know what that means. When LeBron says some things need to change, that usually means things are about to change. The lead GM hat, lead Le frontings office executive, lead uh, Le, Le president of basketball operations. I mean, when LeBron says some things need to change, some things need to change. So as far as Lakers are concerned, I feel like Darvin Ham, maybe, possibly, a little bit of hot water, thin ice, hot seat, whatever you call it, some of the underperforming players uh, on the Los Angeles Lakers, it's tough to be a Laker, right? It's already tough being a Los Angeles Laker. You're playing in Hollywood. You're playing it for the most storied franchise in NBA history, and you're also playing with LeBron James, who was in the early first year of his career, and they know, and he knows, and the franchise knows, that no game, no season, no part of his basketball playing career can afford to be wasted because nobody knows how much longer he will continue to play at this level for this long. So if LeBron says certain things need to change, you know what? You best believe some things is going to change. So I feel like Rob is probably on the phone as he speaks. But I'm, I'm going to suggest something that I know can't happen because of rules, but wouldn't it be something... This is going to be crazy. Just work with me here. Just follow me. Just think of the possibilities here. And I know this can't happen. But why can't LeBron James just be the player coach, right? Like, we know Darvin Ham, you know what I mean, is, is doing a pretty decent job, right? But let's think about this. Now, honestly, I know the rules. In 1984, 1985, when the salary cap was introduced to the NBA, they outlawed having player coaches so people wouldn't hire highly skilled players on a lesser contract so they can take a coach's salary and still play. But several Hall of Famers have done it before. Richie Guerin, Lenny Wilkins, Dave the busher Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, Dolph Shays. There have been 40 players in the NBA NBA history who who have been player coaches. And let's think about it, right? When it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers, it's not Darvin Ham that they fear. It's not Rob Palenka that they fear. Hell, in certain cases, it's not even the Bus family that they fear or respect the most. It's LeBron James. It's LeBron James who is the face of the franchise. It is LeBron James who is the mastermind through all basketball when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. How many times have we seen LeBron mic'd up this season talking through plays? How many times have we seen Ahmad Schumpert or any of his former uh teammates, as far as Cavaliers Heat uh are concerned, just knowing that LeBron knows the play that you're gonna run before you even run it, you know. So why are we why are we dealing with this farce? Okay, I know legally the NBA outlawed player coaches, but who are we kidding? Anytime the Lakers or any LeBron James led team starts to struggle just a little bit, the first person that's always gonna be on the chopping block is that person reporting from the sidelines patrolling the sidelines rather and that's darvin ham so as far as uh, being the fall guy when things need to change usually that is what would happen but it's still early in the season so i'm going to be a little bit more reasonable now you're looking at this roster you're looking at players who have not necessarily uh been as consistent as one would like them to be austin reeves signed a big money deal in the offseason Doing decent, had some moments off the bench, but he had 12 points last night. D'Angelo Russell, for everything that people may say about him, he's been kind of consistent, but is 16 points from your backcourt, starting backcourt point guard, going to give you everything that you need? I don't necessarily know. Max Christie, a defensive specialist for the, uh, for the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, didn't really get a whole lot of defensive specialties happening yesterday because the Philadelphia Sixers were on fire. And Tyrese Maxey was absolutely unstoppable. Anthony Davis is going nowhere. But if I put on all my goggles on that roster, I see Max Christie. I mean, I see Torian Prince. I see Christian Wood. I see Jackson Hayes. And I see maybe, just maybe, just maybe, a D'Angelo Russell who might be one of those guys who who get on the trading block right now. One thing that the Lakers have been struggling with this season has been shooting from deep. And being able to play around LeBron James means knowing that you got to knock down three-pointers at a high clip to be able to stay on the court. You draw so much attention that if he kicks out to somebody and you're hitting open shots, you always got a chance to win. But if you're not hitting open shots, that means you're running, you're getting easy points, easy fast break buckets wide-open secondary break opportunities for transition three-pointers, and it gets ugly real fast, and that's exactly what happened to the Los Angeles Lakers yesterday. Now, obviously not taking anything away from the Philadelphia 76ers, who have been one of the top teams in the entire NBA this entire offseason. Joel Embiid absolutely lighting it up against the Los Angeles Lakers, having his sixth triple-double of the season, and playing himself right back into defending that most viable player award that he won last year. 32 points a game on the season, 49% from the field, 31% from three, averaging 11 rebounds and and 6.5 assists per game. Those are some insane numbers from Joel Embiid and the Sixers franchise player. But Tyrese Maxey continues to impress y'all. He continues to be one of the best young players in the NBA and plays with a certain flair and excitability that makes it very easy to root for him. He went 9 for 20 from the field, 5 for 12 from downtown, chipped him with 8 assists, 3 rebounds to finish with 31 points, adding to his season totals of 46% from the field, 40% from 3, and 26.6 points per Game. The Sixers are looking pretty damn good, and the Lakers have been, how would you say, inconsistent. Now, Anthony Davis, rather, when he's gone up against some of the best big men in the NBA, talking about Nikola Jokic, talking about Demonte Sabonis, I'm talking about Joel Embiid. He hasn't necessarily gotten the better of him in a lot of these head-to-head matchups. We saw what Nikola Jokic did to Anthony Davis on opening night. We saw what Demonte Sabonis have done to the Los Angeles Lakers against Anthony Davis. And now in another matchup against one of the premier big men in the NBA, you are thoroughly, thoroughly outplayed by him. Uh, when well, he gets a triple-double, 30 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. Now, Anthony Davis, he went 7 for 14 from the field, decent, 50%. But, that's not going to cut it when it comes to these, these uh, all-NBA-level big men that he needs to be able to go through and beat if the Lakers want to go anywhere this season, right? Like, and, and the more this season goes on and the more we see just what this Lakers team is sort of made of, you're not necessarily sure if they have the pieces to truly, truly compete at the elite level. Now, there's always going to be nights where LeBron James can do LeBron James things, and you're just like, Wild by his greatness his his goatness in fact but as far as Anthony Davis is concerned as good as he's been this season and he's been very good this season taking nothing away from him 21 points 12 rebounds two blocks and three assists and one steal is absolutely nothing to sneeze at however there's other people in his position who have been outplaying him and have been the catalyst to beating the Los Angeles Lakers, in these big games. And it's not like any of these guys are going away. I mean, you're going to have to go through a lot of them to end up an NBA champion this year. Los Angeles Lakers, another tough loss, but one and one on the road trip. There's a four-game road trip they're on. It's going to continue. We shall see what changes the Los Angeles Lakers make going forward, whether it's personnel, whether it's something on the court, or whether it's something even bigger than that that keeps the Los Angeles Lakers in championship contention. We'll see. Who knows? Speaking of Los Angeles teams, the Clippers absolutely embarrassed themselves yesterday against the Denver Nuggets. Not that losing to the defending champions is ever anything disappointing. Oh, no, no, no. The Los Angeles Clippers lost to a Denver Nuggets team without Nikola Jokic, without Jamal Murray, and without... Aaron Gordon your three best players on the road even more embarrassing than that the two players who absolutely got it done for you were former LA Clippers Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan had some of the games of their lives yesterday even in DeAndre Jordan's prime There was the whole lot of times that DeAndre was scoring 21 points, even in the Lob City era L.A. Clippers. But that's what happened. Yesterday he went 8-for-11 from the field, grabbed 13 rebounds, dished five assists, two steals, one block, and 21 points for DeAndre Jordan. That's right. If you think the L.A. Clippers need some help in the middle, that is your answer right there. As good as Zubac can be sometimes, having DeAndre Jordan go off like that is completely unacceptable. And as far as the guards are concerned, Reggie Jackson absolutely pitched a gem against the LA Clippers. 15 for 19 from the field, three for 14 from downtown, 35 points, 13 assists, two steals, five rebounds. You will take that from anybody in the NBA, especially your backup point guard who's been playing pretty well in the absence of Jamal Murray. We'll see how long it takes for Jamal to get back because Reggie Jackson has been more than a serviceable backup for the Denver Nuggets. Now, as far as the L.A. Clippers are concerned, I said this time last week this was the time for them to sort of get it together as far as how the team looks because they were playing a whole lot of bottom-feeding teams that they could figure themselves around out around earlier in this season and they got that done for the most part right uh they they did okay against the Spurs beat the Spurs twice but have been on a losing streak ever since then they lost to the Pelicans by 10 they lost they beat the Dallas Mavericks by 20 however losing to the Denver Nuggets and the body language from the LA Clippers is something that is going to be a little bit of cause for concern. We're almost about a quarter of the way through the season, more than a quarter of the way through the season, and the Clippers still trying to figure out exactly how these pieces fit before time sort of runs out on them. They were led by Kawhi Leonard, though, who, for everything that we've said about the Clippers for a long time, has been healthy this year, hasn't missed a game. He had 31 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists. A Paul George, absolute stinker. Last night, two for 13 from the field, six points, 0 for 4 from downtown, eight rebounds, four assists, one steal, and one block. And people have bad games all the time. It happens. But you seen that clip of Paul George dressing up as Where's Waldo for Halloween? The moment I saw him dress up as that, I was just like, Clearly, this is going to come back and backfire on him one day. The moment he has a game where he looks like nobody can find him and nobody knows where he is, you knew that video was going to go viral. And sure enough, it absolutely did. Dreadful game from Paul George last night. He was definitely not having it. But Zubac, he went in. He, he, he went toe-to-toe with DeAndre Jordan yesterday equaling 23 points, 14 rebounds, and one assist. Russell Westbrook finished with 14 points and 11 rebounds and three assists. However, that wasn't the only reason why Russell Westbrook uh, made some headlines yesterday. He got into a pretty long and um, contentious, I'll say, back and forth with a fan, uh, where he said, quote, It's just unfortunate that fans think they can get away with saying anything, and I won't personally I won't allow it said Westbrook I've took a lot of people saying anything and getting away with it but I won't stand for it and um he's not right he continues saying if I'm responding it's the reason I'm responding and I'll protect that always he said I mean it's no different now I tell people man when I first started in this league I'm maybe not so much I used to get into it a little bit but now having kids and understanding how important it is not just myself, but my last name, understanding what Westbrook means, understanding how important that is to my dad, my grandfather, my family. It is very important. It's something I stand on and respect is a big thing that I value. And that quote I think is very telling, the, the last name. And I think, you know, a lot of people have uh, ran with the, with the Westbrook um, nickname for him. And, you know, as somebody who takes their last name and what they were named very seriously, I can empathize with somebody who's not going to let anybody play with their name, especially a paying fan who came to watch them play. Yes, you are allowed to boo. Yes, you are allowed to heckle and do all that type of stuff. But I do believe there is some sort of line of demarcation. And I feel like Russell Westbrook over the years have let people know where that line of demarcation firmly is. This isn't the first time he's had to handle an a, a, a overzealous fan or somebody saying something a little bit out of line. Now, I don't know necessarily what was said to Russell Westbrook, but he doesn't seem like somebody who takes any of that kindly. And, um, you know, this is just another case of that. I think people should just stop playing with him. You know, he's a basketball player, and I, I don't know why. I just, I've always had a soft spot for Russell Westbrook, man. I, I just feel like he's a guy who's always sort of gotten the, the 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 weird end of the stick when it comes to the criticism of his game. You know, when we criticize how people play or, or 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 how long they play, as far as suiting up or or the effort that they give on games night in and night out. Russell Westbrook never cheats you on that, and for that reason, I've almost always kind of gave him a pass when he's had not necessarily great games. And when he's had issues with people, especially fans in the stands, I've always kind of sided with him. I've always looked at Russell Westbrook as the type of say, like, you know what? If Russell Westbrook's tripping, I'm sure somebody must have said something to him. Because somebody who has been through as much as that guy has been through his career, I'm almost positive has heard everything that there is to hear under the sun, about who he is as a basketball player. And unfortunately, because of some overzealous fans, who he is as a person. And when it comes to personal, uh, that's why when we go talk on the show, we go back and forth, I always try my best to keep any of my criticisms on the court. When it comes to what people are off the court, personal issues aside, I always try my best to let that go. But some fans don't necessarily need uh you know uh take heed to any of that but let's 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 get to what's really eating the Los Angeles Clippers and it's James Harden man we've seen the clips a million times you know i'm not a system player i am the system but the system's been broke all season bro he's averaging 14 points per game this year 44% in the field 36% from 3 last night he had 11 points The first time he was in double figures in the past three games, only 3-7 for from the field, four assists. But what's been more troubling has been some of the defensive lapses that we've seen from James Harden, especially at the top of the key. Now, he isn't necessarily ever going to be confused with Tony Allen or, or, or Marcus Smart or anybody like that, but there's been so many opportunities like yesterday in the game where he's just been an absolute, Turnstile, olaying people right to the rim, and not even really giving a, not even at least foul, right? Like at least give a, give an effort play, an effort foul, or effort level of defense. That's the one thing that people will absolutely hold you over a barrel for and hang you out to dry. Is if it looks like you're not giving effort. As far as James Harden is concerned, not giving effort and the bad body language. Mm, that's going to be rough if you're a Clippers fan. For many reasons, one of that being one of that including, the Clippers were one of the most official offensive teams before this James Harden trade went down. This is the first time in many years that both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have been healthy. We haven't really got to see Kawhi Leonard and Paul George be Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as members of the Clippers. But when you add in a player like James Harden, which, to his credit, he was absolutely right, for them to win with him, you have to ingratiate him in the office. And that means giving him the ball and letting him create. But in the last several games, dating back to last week when I said you got the Spurs twice, the Pelicans, and the Mavericks and Nuggets, you got an opportunity to make up some ground in the Western Conference. They kind of did a little bit, but didn't necessarily. And it wasn't so much on the back of great James Harden games. Yes, he had two Tennesses games, one against the San Antonio Spurs and one against the New Orleans Pelicans, but he had 13 games, 13 points against San Antonio, 16 against them again in the back-to-back, 8 points in New Orleans, 8 points in Dallas, and 11 points against Denver. Um I don't necessarily know what the uh system has been for James Harden, but as of what is it, November 20 20- 7th, 8th of 2023, it's safe to say right now, the system just ain't working. Well, not working as great as they wanted it to be. Because under any circumstances, especially at home, there is no way you should lose to the Denver Nuggets without Jokic, without Jamal Murray, or without Aaron Gordon. And especially, you shouldn't lose to a Denver Nuggets team who were outplaying you with two former players in your franchise, guys who, I'll say it, I thought their best years were behind them, but they both turned back the clock last night, and the Clippers had a front-row seat for seeing Reggie's action and DeAndre Jordan ball like it's 2010. Incredible win for the Nuggets. They keep it rolling. The toilet bowl was last night, people. The Washington Wizards and the Detroit Pistons battled it out. To see who is the team that sucks just a little bit less than the Washington Wizards, won that one pretty handily 126 to 107. The Washington Wizards get their third victory of the season. The Detroit Pistons ugh, lose their 14th straight game. Unbelievable, and unfortunately, for this Detroit Pistons team. Outside of Cade Cunningham, nobody on this team could shoot. This entire team is very, very young, and those young players can't guard a lick. The Washington Wizards, the lowest-ran offense in the NBA, and they put up 126 points against the Detroit Pistons. What's even scarier about this toilet bowl game and what's been going on with the Detroit Pistons is that loses a 14th straight, they have an opportunity for this losing streak to get even worse. Their next eight games are all against teams that are 500 or better. They're at home against the Lakers tomorrow night. They go to Madison Square Garden the very next night. They're at home against the Cavaliers, home against the Pacers, home against the Philadelphia 76ers. Then they go to Philadelphia. Then they take on the Bucks and then they take on the Atlanta Hawks. Wow, that is going to be a tough, tough run for the Detroit Pistons, a team who I thought was probably going to be a little better than they've been this year, right? I didn't think they are going to necessarily be world beaters, but I was a big believer in Cade Cunningham. I still am. He had 26.7 assists, five rebounds last night. I love Oscar Thompson, who, you know, been one of the best rebounders, young rebounders in the league, chipped in with 16 points, four rebounds and two assists. And Jaden Ivey, who – I think a lot of people in New York were upset, didn't uh, end up as a Nick yes uh, last season before they saw how great Jalen Brunson was at the point guard position. He had 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists, but that's not necessarily the story. These guys can't shoot. There's bricks everywhere. It's ugly to watch. It's not a fun brand of basketball. They shot 42% from the field last night in the toilet bowl, 21% from three, 8 for 38 from the field, and even at the free throw line. They shot 68% from the field, missing six free throws, going 13 for 19 Ugly, ugly, ugly. And, you know, the Washington Wizards, somebody had to win the game. And Kyle Kuzma did what he had to do. He almost messed around and got a triple-double. 32 points, 12 rebounds, and eight assists. Denny Advia chipped in with 16 points. Jordan Poole, he got the great Jordan Poole experience as always. He got a memeable moment where he stops loses the defender, waits, looks at him, tries to get it to the rim, and gets blocked, but finishes with 10 points and gets out of Detroit with the win. Danilo Gallinari chipped in with 16 points, two rebounds, and two assists, while Landry Shamit gave you 12 points, four assists, and two rebounds. The Washington Wizards doesn't get any easier after the toilet bowl. They have a back-to-back against the red-hot Orlando Magic, who have won uh, seven straight games in the season so far, and then they take on the Philadelphia 76ers, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Indiana Pacers, and then the Phoenix Suns and the Sacramento Kings. Doesn't get easier for any of these teams, but for at least for one night, the Washington Wizards can say, at least we don't suck as much as those guys. Let's keep it moving to the Golden State Warriors. Klay Thompson got into it. I don't want to say get into it. That seems a little harsh. It wasn't necessarily getting into it, but he had a little bit of a back and forth with a reporter who suggested that he may need to take a different role for the Golden State Warriors to thrive. Here's what he said:
1: "Kirk talks a lot about believing in his guys, especially the starting lineup. Won championship not too long ago. Having patience, letting guys kind of you know find their game. How where." Are you of that kind of patience and or and how much do you know do you value it? What do you you want me to bench me? No no no.
0: It's like that's you want to bench some... wigs? <laughs> I don't think us? I said that. Okay. I mean, you could suggest it, it's fine. But I mean, thanks Steve, I guess. Like, I don't know, sometimes you earn these things like patience and time to find yourself. And I think history will uh is on our side when it comes to that stuff
1: say that do you have you heard people say that or
0: no i don't care what people say like
1: they don't do what we do they can't
0: do what they do that's why they talk why would i like come on i don't care what people say at this point in my life next question yeah sounds like something somebody would say when they care what people say right (laughs) uh lots of things to break down from that first off Andrew Wiggins with the full 50-cent meme, right, when he's looking around like, well, why are they say fuck me for, you know? <laughs> like Andrew Wiggins caught the crazy stray uh, for no reason. But um, it goes to say, yeah, the Golden State Warriors haven't been struggling, and a lot of it has been to do with Klay Thompson's level of play, averaging career lows across the board in points, shooting 15% from three, 40% from the field, 37% from three, and career lows in rebounds, assists, And minutes played. It's been rough for Klay Thompson. But I'll tell you this. Are they going to bench him? I don't think so. I don't know. Probably not. But has it ever been a good look for any star player to mention possibly being benched in a press conference? This gives me the same vibes of Carmelo Anthony, who I love. I'm a Carmelo Anthony apologist until the to the cows come home. You know how I feel about Melo. But as soon as I saw that clip, the first thing I remember is seeing Carmelo Anthony in his Oklahoma City Thunder jersey and hoodie on over. And he's saying, AOP, they are telling me I gotta come off the bench. And well, I thought that was a little weird, obviously, that he addressed it that way. What happened later? He ended up coming off the bench. And most likely, what usually happens with star players, especially when they're not playing as well as they're used to, they end up coming off the bench. And clips like this, videos like this, get circulated around and around and around, especially if they have bad games. And then the fan base, which I don't think is going to turn on Klay Thompson. I mean, this is Golden State Warriors. This is Probably the second greatest player in your entire franchise's history as far as Klay Thompson. So I think even if he does play bad, I don't necessarily think they're going to start calling for him to come off the bench. But it's definitely hard to ignore the struggles that Klay Thompson has had this season. I mean, he doesn't necessarily get the separation that we're used to seeing from him as far as being a knockdown shooter. Uh, It's been all about space and opportunity, and he has little to none of each uh, this season, and I mean, uh, you got to give it to Clay though, man. He's cool, hand Luke. He's cool as hell all the time. He always never seems like he's too rattled or too stressed out about everything. And I truly believe his his response was an honest to god response. But I think if you hook him up to a lie detector test and you ask him these same questions maybe several months later, I think he'll give you an even more honest answer because I think that's been the Clay Thompson sort of uh that's been the Clay Thompson track record over his career right remember a few years ago or I think last year was it when him and Devin Booker were getting into it and uh you know he had some things to say about Devin Booker and he kept throwing the rings up throwing the numbers up saying we got this many we got this many count them up and then several months later He's sitting down with Paul George on Podcast P Podcast talking about, you know, I wish I would have handled that differently. I was pretty much reacting because I was stinking it up. And it's the truth. I mean, Devin Booker was lighting that ass up and he was letting him know about it. And a lot of times, I mean, I think we've all been there when. Things aren't going your way. If you're in a a lunchroom and people are cracking too many jokes and, you know, the laughter is getting a little bit too loud and it's starting to escalate and you're feeling the pressure sort of coming around your neck. And I might be experiencing PTSD, don't get me wrong. But when that happens, a lot of times you got to lean on your comfort. And the one comfort that Klay Thompson has, which he's absolutely earned, is the fact that he's a champion. And I think in this same situation – the same comfort that Klay Thompson has is the fact that he is one of the greatest players in the history of the Warriors franchise. He is a splash brother. He is a guy whose very game is the DNA of the identity of what the Golden State Warriors are. If they ain't splashing, they ain't winning. And with Steph Curry doing what he's doing, Klay Thompson needs to get back to the splashing or else they ain't going to be winning. And, unfortunately for him, if you look at the way he's been shooting, the way he's been playing, it's a fair question to ask. I don't know who you replace him with. I mean, I know there's been calls for guys like Jonathan Kaminga. I feel like we've been waiting for Jonathan Kaminga to play, like, a a top five lottery pick uh, for a number of years. I feel like we've been waiting for Moses Moody to sort of explode and be an impact player offensively. But, I mean, if Klay Thompson is becoming easier to guard and be, and having less dimensions in his game, which he wasn't the most, you know, uh, multi-dimensional guy before. I mean, he was probably one of the best 3 and D dudes we had in the league before those injuries sort of uh, slowed him down a bit over the years. But if he's not able to guard and he's not hitting shots, it's not much that he's doing that's at an elite level in the NBA. Now, does that mean kaminga or wiggins or moody or paul or any of these guys are a better option to start over clay thompson i don't think so it just seems like a guy who needs to find his shot so i don't know if you need to call the people in germany call the leg guys that kobe got into it with or whatever and get some stem cells or something because if, if clay thompson can't get away from people and get separation from defenders when it comes to shooting the basketball There's really nothing much of his game that remains elite, especially at this point in his career. No shade to Klay Thompson. It's just what me, that reporter, and unfortunately a lot of Golden State Warriors fans have seen through the early part of the NBA season. Guys, so much in-season tournament action to talk about tonight. There are so many games. Of consequence, six spots up for grabs as far as group play is concerned, some wild card action, some winning therein, and I'm talking about all of them with the prop queen, Ariel Epstein, right after this. Don't go nowhere. More counter is coming up right after this. On the right here on Sports Sportsbook, it's Kaz over here and joining me again like she always does every Tuesday afternoon. It is the one and only prop queen, Ariel Epstein, who is kind of matching with oh, me today. Oh, you you're
1: right. This? You see the little... It's that was not planned. Not
0: planned at all. I don't know if we were peeking at each other's too. windows. Yeah. I did gold little...
1: earrings.
0: Man, I knew you always knew you were a woman of taste, Ariel. Yep. I, like, I like just try style. to be like you,
1: Cass.
0: <laughs> we got some in-season tournament games tonight. There's a little bit of intrigue in almost all of these games. Intriguing the fact that some of these teams might advance, and intriguing the fact that I still kind of don't know how <laughs> certain teams are gonna advance, but we're gonna get through it all together. But before we touch any of the those scenarios, we're gonna get into some prop picks with the prop queen herself. Starting with the Golden State Warriors taking on the Sacramento Kings. They're going into Sacramento two-point underdogs, the over-under, 235 and a half points some up and down stuff with the Warriors Klay Thompson not necessarily feeling some press conference moments the Sacramento (laughs) Kings going at it as well and also these are two teams that played each other in the playoffs last year no love lost between them I know you got a pick for this one what you got
1: I'm going with Klay Thompson over 15 and a half points for Clay. going back to that Sacramento series in the playoffs you mentioned Kaz he averaged over 20 points a game in this series Last year against Sacramento in Sacramento, including even this year in Sacramento, Clay Thompson has been averaging just over 21 points a game. The Kings have the 10th worst defense in the NBA, allowing the 10th most points per game. Over 15.5 points for Klay tonight.
0: You know, uh, the Golden State Warriors have had a a strange beginning of the season, right? Like the Draymond Green stuff happened, and now last night Clay Thompson... uh, having an issue with possibly coming off the bench, kind of throwing Andrew Wiggins under the bus. As far as who wins that game, I'm going to roll with you. I think the Warriors rally. I think this is the perfect game for them to sort of get back on the good foot, get back on the right track. It's a two-point spread between these two teams. I like the Warriors here. And Steph Curry against De'Aaron Fox, two Under Armour guys. He got assigned to a sneaker deal and all that type mm. of stuff. I still think Steph Curry gets the best at De'Aaron Fox, even though he's been playing lights out this entire year i can't wait to see that one second game on the docket as far as the in-season tournament is concerned the atlanta hawks head into cleveland taking on the cavaliers the cavaliers favored by four points at home the over under is 237 points a battle between two dynamic guards in donovan mitchell and trey young the hawks did lose jalen johnson due to injury a guy who i thought was very much in the mix most improved player however In-season tournaments, in effect, I know you got some picks. What you got for me, Ariel?
1: Hey, everyone zigs towards Donovan Mitchell. I'm zagging towards Darius Garland over 19 and a half points for Garland. You look at his numbers last year against Atlanta, averaged just under 29 points per game in three games against the Hawks. The Hawks still do not play defense. Their point guard, Trey Young, does not play defense. That's why the Hawks are allowing the fifth most points per game. When you look at the last five games against Atlanta, Those lead guards averaging just over 21 points a game over for the name that's not Donovan Mitchell because his is 26 and a half. That's very high. Over 19 and a half points for the other guard on this Cavs team, Darius Garland. Great history against the
0: Hawks. You know, Ariel, since the Hawks lost Jalen Johnson, I think this game's been a little bit harder for me to call because I think when there's more of a scoring load on Trey Young, I'm not necessarily sure if that's a good or bad thing because he hasn't necessarily shot it that great this season. But with the in season tournament rules in effect, There's going to be no defense played. Points are going to mean everything, and the Cleveland Cavaliers with Donovan Mitchell and Trae Young going against each other and Darius Garland starting to find his groove as a scorer again. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game, so I'm just taking the over on total points. I think this is going to go over 237 points between the Hawks and the Cavaliers. Who's going to win it, though? I can't call it, but it's gonna be a fun game nonetheless. Now, I think one of the main events on tonight's slate of action, which you can catch on TNT, the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Miami Heat down in South Beach. The Bucks are two and a half point road favorites in Miami. The over-under is 228 and a half points. Obviously, still no Tyler Hero. Obviously, a whole lot of ramifications between the Heat and the Bucks. The win, it's it's winning they're in. Their end. For either one of these teams, the, the loser will still have a chance as far as wild cards are concerned. However, this is still a matchup between two teams who played each other in the playoffs last year with the Miami Heat famously upsetting the Milwaukee Bucks. Ariel, two superstar teams, two teams that have a whole lot of aspirations for later in the season, not just the in-season tournament. What you got for this game?
1: People are not going to like this. Under 30 and a half points. For the big man Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kubo in Milwaukee, I know that it's a contrarian play. Yet Giannis has not played that great offensively against these top defenses. He's averaging 25 points a game in those spots against four different teams he faced that are top 10 defensively this year. Miami has been a top 10 defense, still is this year. When you look at the last five games against the, bu- or against the Heat, in those last five games against Miami, you've got these... Big men, power forward, centers, the lead power forward or center. If you take either big man on any of these five teams they faced recently – They're averaging about 21 or excuse me. They're averaging about 15 points a game. So if you're going to average 15 points a game as a big man against Miami, you're getting the number one target for the heat. They're looking at Giannis Antetokounmpo and he's not going to get over 30 points today. He hasn't really been doing it except one time this year against the top D. Miami's targeting him tonight under 30 and a half points. It's just too high a number for Giannis.
0: You know this, you see what's going on here. That's two bulls with horns locking up against each other. And I think that's going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo and Bam out of bio tonight. Bam has been... Hooping this entire year, not just offensively, but especially defensively, and especially against big men that are all-star caliber, especially in the likes of Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think the Bucks win this one, right? I think they go into the road. I know Miami Heat and their heat culture and all that type of stuff are, uh, are, are going to be on full display. They have something to play for as far as advancing in the end season tournament. But I think Dame Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo are starting to get it together as a tandem. And as far as point guard defense is concerned, the Miami Heat, as great as they've been, as far as being a team defense, opposite point guards have been able to get off on them. So I think this is a big Dame Lillard night in Miami. This is going to be his first time visiting Miami ever since, well... I think everybody thought he was going to go there. So, what better time for him to show out than get buckets and pull the Milwaukee Bucks into the in-season tournament?
1: Trend in Milwaukee Bucks games where they're road favorites, mm-hmm. five and two to the over. Oh, wow. Okay, all
0: right. So I like I like that pick even more. I'm rolling with the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Yana still might hit that under all points, but I do think it's a Dame Lillard night tonight. I think mm-hmm. he wants to show Miami up. And if there's a, something on the line and he hasn't really won anything and he's openly expressed how much the in-season tournament means to him and his teammates to win for those players who aren't necessarily making $200 million a year, I think Dame is going to put his best foot forward. I
1: like when we're simple. Party, we're on the same
0: page, the just shirt. like just it's the shirts. It's why we're <laughs> all on the same page, obviously. And another win, and their in game is on the docket tonight. The Houston Rockets, the surprising Houston Rockets, yeah. taking on the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks. Four-point favorites, and that is crucial because Luka Doncic had a left-hand injury to his thumb. He is clear to play as of this morning. The over/under on points is 228 and a half points per game. Uh, Luka Doncic always, and I mean always, makes mincemeat of the Houston Rockets. But your boy, baby Joker Alperin Shangoon has been hooping. I know you got some picks for tonight's game. What do you have?
1: As much as I love Shingun, <gasps> I've got to go with the Rockets' point guard I'm Fred VanVleet. Fred VanVleet has been on fire. <laughs> over 26 and a half points plus assists, he's getting a bottom 10 defense tonight. When up against a bottom 10 defense, Van VanVleet has averaged 19 and a half points and 10 assists. That means he's getting the ball out to his team. He also can hoop. Which is why against a team like Dallas having the seventh most points per game, Fred VanVleet goes off tonight, and he gets over his 26.5 points plus assists.
0: You know, uh, Luka Doncic, the non-shooting hand, I don't think it'll affect him that much, but... I do think somebody who's been sort of lying in the weeds lately, especially when these big games, has been Kyrie Irving, right? When they've needed him to sort of step up and be the Kyrie Irving that we've seen win NBA Finals games and be one of the most electric point guards in the league, he can still very much do that. And against a young Houston Rockets team, Mm -hmm. even though they got Dylan Brooks, even though they got Fred Van Vliet, and even though Ime Udoka has gotten them coached up very well, I still think the Dallas Mavericks pull this out, so I'm taking the Mavericks on the money line Ooh. at home to beat the Houston Rockets in advance to the knockout round of the NBA inaugural in season tournament. Ariel, it is always so good to chat with you.
1: you too thank you guess. so much for coming by. Of course. See you uh, later this week.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes, you will. And thank you so much for kicking with me right here on Count It. My name is Kazim Famiwede for Fanatic Sportsbooks. Enjoy the in-season tournament tonight. Make sure you got your cliff notes because there's going to be so much points and wins and losses and not necessarily sure who advances. It'll all be clear by this time tomorrow. But until then, enjoy the games, and I'll see you all next time, people. Peace.